Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Teaching, training, discipling. It's not so much what is taught as much as it is what is caught. Our children will imitate us. I think about the Apostle Paul, who, I mean, maybe the Apostle Paul could say this, but he said to this church, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, do what I do. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. If you were learning to be a carpenter, it would be really meaningful if your boss got in there with you and showed you how to sand the wood, demonstrating how to measure, cut, and give the finishing touches. Today, Pastor J.D. invites parents to lead their children by being an example in how to live your life. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 22 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. So we'll start in chapter 22 and see how far we go, and uh, we'll just go as the Lord leads. All right, let's jump in. Verse 1, right out of the chute, we're starting off with a really, really powerful truth here. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. Oh, would to God that this were true. Would to God that it could be said of us that we would much rather desire a good name, a good reputation, more so than we would desire to obtain silver and gold. I mean, you can have all the silver and all the gold that you want, but what use is it, what value does it have if your reputation is ruined and your name is mud? Verse 2, the rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Now at first read, this can be a proverb that can easily be misunderstood because it kind of gives you the impression that God creates poverty and poor people. And that's not what the proverb is saying. Now what we do know to be true about God is that He is the Creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. But that does not mean that our God is necessarily our Father. We make Him our Father when we're adopted into His family. So what this proverb is saying is that God is the creator of the rich and the poor Alike, I think of the uh, verse where Jesus says, the poor you will always have among you. It's just, as one said, it is what it is. 
Verse 3. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. In other words, this is what prudence does. It gives you the foresight to see what's ahead and take precautions. The wise one, the one who is prudent, will see what's ahead, the danger that's ahead, the evil that lies ahead, and they'll do something about it. In this case, they will take refuge, hide themselves. But conversely, the fool, the simple one, lacking the prudence, lacking the discernment, lacking the understanding, they just go on and will suffer the punishing consequences of their folly, having not seen, looking forward, hey, danger ahead, reading the signs, taking heed to the warning signs. You know how it is when God, and He's so faithful to do this, I know He has done this so many times in my life, where He's just given me this check, this pause. Something's not quite right here. Do not move forward on this. Do not pursue this. Danger ahead. The warning signs are all up. The warning lights are all going off. And I, I've learned the hard way. I've got the scars to prove it. Never, ever, ever go against that discernment when God gives you that check. He's trying to protect you. He's putting up this stop sign, if you will, this danger sign, danger ahead sign, if you prefer. And He's giving you that discernment, and it's a spiritual discernment. And you need to take heed to it, and take precautions, take refuge, hide yourself from this, do not move forward on this. If you do, you will needlessly, unnecessarily suffer the consequences of not having the discernment and the prudence in seeing what lies ahead. Verse 4, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Now here again, we have a very interesting proverb. I know I say that about all of them. They're all interesting, of course. But this uniquely so, because it's talking about those whose lives are blessed, whose lives are enriched, who live lives of honor and prosperity, and it comes vis-a-vis -vis the humility and the fear of the Lord. I would venture to say that when I say this, somebody is going to come to mind, somebody that you know. But isn't it true that there are those that would be considered rich by the world's standards that are the most miserable people you have ever met? It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and He has no trouble or sorrow to it. When the Lord blesses, when the Lord enriches, and it comes, notice this is a conditional promise, a conditional 
truth, that it comes and it's predicated by this humility and this fear of the Lord. Verse 5, thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. I want to spend just a little bit of time on this, especially in anticipation of verse 6, which I know you know, (laughs) you know well as parents. It's a very well-known verse, and it actually kind of ties into it. But I do think that this uh, verse 5 warrants uh, some time and some explanation. The Bible says that the path of the sinner is hard. The way of the sinner, the way of the perverse is riddled with thorns and snares. You know what's harder than living an obedient life? Living a disobedient life. Never imagine that God says to us, don't do this because I'm God and I said so. He's saying, thou shalt not take this path, walk in this way, the way of the sinner, the way of the perverse, because I want to protect you from that which will come upon you if you do. Thorns, snares, problems, troubles, diseases, dare I say. As one aptly said of the Ten Commandments, one should really see them as the tender commandments from a loving, tender, heavenly Father that in effect says, thou shalt not do this because I don't want you to experience the consequences that will come upon you if you do this. You choose this path, you you live this way, and it is the way of the perverse, and it is a way riddled with thorns and snares. Now what's the opposite side of this? The wise one, the one who guards his soul, (laughs) will be far from them, will distance themselves as far as they possibly can from this life, this way, this path. You know, (laughs) what's interesting is that, you know, the enemy is really good about getting us to look at the life of the sinner and paint it as being so glamorous and trouble-free and problem-free and just, I mean, smooth sailing. I mean, look at how they're living. You have no idea what's really going on. You know, whenever I, you know, I'll go for a walk with my daughter to the beach or we'll take a drive and go around Lanikai, and there's these magnificent homes. And I don't know if you've been to Kailua lately, but I mean, some of the, they're building these, in fact, I have to confess this. uh, (laughs) There's this beautiful house at Flags, Kailua Beach. 
and there's a public access, and that's where we usually go. We were just there the other day, and I've been watching this uh, construction on, I mean this, I'm looking at this house and I have to confess that I sinned, I coveted. And don't look at me all spiritual, because you probably do the same thing. But I'm looking at that thing going, oh my goodness, this thing is massive. I mean, I could have my whole church come live with me. <laughs> I mean, it's right on the beach. It's beautiful, and it was really well designed. And I'm, I'm noticing, oh, and look at how many cars you could park there, that alone. And I started imagining, wow, what would it be like to live? And then I started thinking about, I wonder who's doing this, who bought? Because there was a house there before. In fact, there were two houses. And I guess somebody with the ability to do so comes in, buys the lot, tears down. I would have been content with the two houses that were there in the first place. Tears them down and is building this mansion. And here I am coveting, lusting, I'm full of, I'm going to stop right there, because some of you are looking at me all, you know, like, wow, pastor, <laughs> I, I never knew. You're supposed to be righteous and holy and, you know, no, I coveted. And then the Lord just stopped me and said, what are you doing? This, you, you, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> Didn't I tell you? You know this, you should know this, that the mansion that I'm preparing for you in heaven, it's going to make this look, I mean even an outhouse is not to be compared with the mansion. And by the way, <laughs> It's not going to be $500 jillion either, and it's going to be for all eternity. And I just stopped dead in my tracks. <laughs> I just thought to myself, oh Lord, I, forgive me, forgive me. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Verse 6, we're going to talk about verse 6 now. This is a, <laughs> a misunderstood proverb to be sure. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, right out of the uh, shoot, I should probably uh, hasten to say that this is a principle, more so than a promise in terms of it being a guarantee, because doubtless there are many children who have been trained up and brought up in the things of the Lord. And when they do get older, they walk away from the Lord. So this is more of a principle than it is anything else. But there's something here that is really important to understand, and it has to do with the word in the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament for the way they should go. It's... <laughs> It carries with it this idea, um, their particular bent, the way they are sort of wired. Train them up in that way 
according to their particular bent. Because parents, grandparents, wouldn't you agree that, I mean, thank God for DNA, but our children can be so different, you would almost think they were switched at birth. I mean, their personalities are so different, sometimes polar opposite. And so you look at that child, you begin to study that child. What is the particular bent of that child? And then you train them up accordingly. This is how they're wired. This is how they're gifted. This is how they are, uh, this is the direction they're going in. And the way you parent that child is going to be very different than the way you parent the other child. And by the way, training is different than teaching. Teaching is telling them what to do. Training is showing them how to do it. Big difference. And it is a training, a disciplining, and be careful with that word discipline, because it comes from the word disciple, to disciple, to train, to mentor according to that particular bent of that unique individual child, the way they should go. And by the way, not the way you want them to go. Mom, Dad, I mean we would do well I think to ask ourselves, especially those of us with uh, children who are still younger, I mean is this the way I want them to go? I see this in the ministry, and I've made this very clear to my two boys, age 19 and 21, that unless God calls you into the ministry, I'm not going to force that upon you. I mean, I, I love it when I see pastor's sons that are given that gift of pastor-teacher, and they end up taking, you know, their father's churches and to the next level in some cases, and they're very gifted and very blessed, very good teachers, and God has gifted them that way. But that was the way they should go, and that's the way they're to be brought up and trained accordingly. One more thought on teaching as opposed to training. A lot of times it's and I say this because I've, I've made all the parenting mistakes. My wife and I still, to this day, all these years later, joke about how before we had children, we read all those parenting books. And oh my goodness, I mean, we were experts on parenting. I mean, just you, all you had to do was ask us. We were, we were going to tell you. That's right here. That's page 43, paragraph 2. That's what you do. And then we had children. I mean, the books go out the window, and you're going, what do I do? I'll never forget, this is, I just thought of this. When our firstborn son Elias was born, he was um, just weeks old, and we had this, uh, you know, book on, you know, nursing and bonding and all of this stuff, and my wife was out on her run, and uh, she just, you know, left him with me, and um, it wasn't very long, and it didn't take very long. I mean, she was only gone for about an hour. But when she came back, she came back to a husband holding this baby with a book in his hand, 
tears streaming down his face, going, boy, am I glad to see you. What do we do? He won't stop crying. I've tried everything. It says right here to do this. It didn't work. What do we do? Teaching, training, discipling. It's not so much what is taught as much as it is what is caught. Our children will imitate us. I think about the Apostle Paul, who, I mean, maybe the Apostle Paul could say this, but he said to this church, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, do what I do. How many of us would say, do what I say, don't do what I do? (laughs) Well, it doesn't work like that. Oh, I wish it did. They will do what we do. They will imitate us because it's not so much what's taught, it's what's caught. Verse 7, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. This reminds me of uh, a Larry Burkett, who's now with the Lord, Uh, one of his sayings. He was the founder of Christian Financial Concepts and uh, just a great uh, ministry on uh, finances and budgeting and even business uh, by the book. But he had this, this saying about how that every time you see debt referenced in Scripture, it's always in a negative context. And such is the case with this verse. This is so true. The borrower is servant to the lender. And here's the problem. The rich rules over the poor. Those who are poor can be subject to the abuses of the rich, who can oppress them and take advantage of them. Verse 8, he who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. This is speaking about one who is dishonest, who uses intimidation and fear and anger, and it is a promise that in the end they will fail. Everything they try to do will be met with failure. Everything they sow it will only reap sorrow. It's as one said, you're sowing your seed in the wrong field. The ladder of your life is up against the wrong wall. When you get to the top, that's when you realize it. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. 
If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Call me, me true, true.